Change. Change. We uh, started a series last week titled Change, and, and we asked this question. How many of us in this room right now would say there's an area of my life that I would really, really, really like to change? Right? And so um, you guys are a lot more honest than the 10, 10 o'clock service because, like, two people were like, and I asked them to come sit up front. <laughs> we just had church together, right? Yeah, no. We all have areas of our life that we, we want to change, we need to change. And I would submit to you that the Bible gives us a magnificent road map for change. And so we're, we're going to identify some of those steps today as we did last week. But let, let's look at, at this, this, the two scriptures that we're using for this series. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's a beautiful verse. If you've just recently been saved, uh, I, I would say, you know what, underline that one. Write it down. If you don't have a Bible, get one from the tent. They're free. There's probably one under the chair in front of you. You can take it with you. Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And the analogy that we used was the, the uh, couple that had been married 60 years that um, I saw dancing one time. They were big, big into dancing. And each one of them knew what the other was going to do. Now, I can't dance, so I'm not even going to try. But they, they were twirling and moving, and it was like she would step one way, and he would know right where she was going, and he would twirl this way, and she would know right where he was going because they'd been doing it for so long. And so the idea is listening to the voice of the Spirit in our life helps us keep in step with the Spirit. And then let's look at this next one. 2 Corinthians 3.18 and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed, transformed, changed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now don't forget that one, okay? It's the last time we'll read it. But let's make a connection between uh, confronting Jesus and Jesus confronting us and the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So let's connect those two. Before we go any further, you're going to get really confused. Some of you look like you're already confused. That's all right. It's fine. Paul. You've heard of Paul? Used to be Saul. Wrote two-thirds of the, almost two-thirds of the New Testament. So we're going to look at the story of his transformation, his change today. Beautiful story. And, and perhaps some of you have never read the story, and perhaps some of you have maybe never read it in, in the sense of, hey, this is how Jesus wants to change me. So let, let's look at this right here. Acts 9, 1, 1 and 2. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. This is a bad dude. He, he's going after Christ followers like crazy. He's having them thrown into prison. He was excellent at the law. He, he knew more about the law than most people did. And he was convinced that he was right. He was so convinced that it was right that we find Saul at the time holding the coats of those who stoned Stephen, the first martyr that we see in the Bible. He was so convinced that he, he didn't have anything better to do. He was so adamant about how 
people who were professing Christianity and, and love and grace, they were so wrong that he was wanting their names so he could get them thrown into jail. Change. Now watch this. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, would you just speak to each of our hearts in those areas that we need change. Get me out of the way and say what you needed to say today, Lord, and teach us uh, more about how to walk by your spirit, for you are spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So here we go. Change comes through a Jesus confrontation. When was the last time you had a real confrontation with Jesus? Acts 9, 3 through 5, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Go back to the point. Now, let's think about this for a second. This guy's wreaking havoc on Christianity. He's going at it nonstop. He knows the law. He's convinced he's right. And he's just... And all of a sudden, one day, on a journey to throw more Christians in prison... A light from heaven flashed around him. Nice. <laughs> Jesus will do whatever he has to do to get our attention. And sometimes it's not fun. A lot of times it's not fun. But change doesn't come until we actually allow Jesus to, to confront that area of our life that we really need to change. So Jesus had had enough and here's the neat thing about Jesus. He, all, he never sees us where we're at. He always sees us where we're going. He knew the potential that was in Paul. Changed his name. He, he, he knew what could happen. And so Jesus finally got fed up and said, You know what? I'm about to wreck his world. A bright light flash. Now, not just any light. Come on, let's think about this. Anything that comes from heaven is very powerful. A light from heaven flashed around it. We were hanging out probably six, eight months ago out back. My house, we were in the kitchen. Actually, it started a storm. We've got a lightning rod. And praise God, we have a lightning rod. Because this lightning bolt comes down and hits the lightning rod. And the whole backyard lights up in this really cool orange. It was, it was awesome. It was terrifying. <laughs> She's like... Toxic. She's like, it was all out of terrifying. I'm like, it was so cool. <clears throat> a light from heaven flashed around it. Wow. See, when Jesus, when we confront Jesus, because Jesus is always there. But there are times in our life where he'll come find you. Uh, Raina reminded me yesterday or the day before, today is her spiritual birthday. 20 years ago today, she got saved. <laughs> 20 years. And the only reason I'm sta standing here today is because she had a Jesus confrontation. 20 years walking with the Lord. See, when Jesus confronts us, we, we come into a place where we start asking ourselves these questions like Saul did. Hey, who are you? Lord? Because I feel something different inside of me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being confronted by something I've never... I'm feeling things that I've never felt before. And that's what was going in verse 4. You see it. That's what was happening with Paul. Jesus asked the question, Hey man, why are you doing what you're doing? And then, Paul responds with the question himself. Who are you? 
Lord? Because that was a really bright light. So here, here, here's what happens when Jesus confronts those areas of our life. All the pretension, all the lies, all the strongholds that we think we believe go out the window. Paul is the first thing he asks, who are you? Lord, in other words, maybe you are for real. Maybe I'm in deep trouble right now. And, and that, that's, what, that's what he's doing. Because the presence of God in your life will change your life. If you'll just be honest with God and say, Lord, this area of my life is a wreck. I need you to... How, do, how does Jesus do that? He does it through his word. does it by spirit. I, I need help in this area of my life. Have a Jesus confrontation. Number two. Change comes through following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Acts 9, 6, and 8. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. Go back to the point. Change comes through following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Spirit. And so we read in Corinthians. And so here's the idea. Paul, Saul then, had a decision to make. Am I going to, like, run and hide and keep doing what I've been doing? Or am I going to realize that God's really trying to deal with my heart and do what he says? I think it's so interesting. Because this is what happens in some of our lives when Jesus begins to change us by his Spirit. People around us don't understand it. They just don't understand it. They're like, Wait. like, dude, let's go out. You know what? I'm, I'm not going out tonight. What? Right? I mentioned Raina's salvation 20 years ago. She was the meanest person you could ever meet in your life. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's funny, isn't it? And man, she met the Lord. She had Jesus' confrontation. She began to walk by the Spirit. And she, it took her a while. She quit cussing. <laughs> quit smoking. Yeah. We, we were two people on, we were hell-bent on killing ourselves. When we met each other, it was like gas and fire. What, how do you say that? Whatever. <laughs> she gets saved. Totally runs my whole deal because I didn't want to have anything to do with God. Starts walking by the Spirit, and her life began to change. And she would, she would do stuff like answer the phone and say, Good morning, praise the Lord. <laughs> That's so stupid. Why are you saying that? <laughs> See, when we have that Jesus confrontation, and then we begin to walk by the Spirit, our life begins to change. Things in our life begin to change. Our habits begin to change. Our demeanor begins to change. Our attitude begins to change. Our thought life begins to change. Everything changes because this Word who was given to us by God is a change agent and this Word works in our life through the Spirit of God leading and guiding and directing us. See, those around Him said, they were like, they didn't know what happened because they didn't see anything. They, They saw nothing. But they respected Saul enough because he was a bad dude to lead him by his hand into Damascus. Wow. I got a question for you. And we talked a lot about this last week. If you weren't here last week, please listen to that message. It's all about keeping in step with the Spirit. But I'll ask the question again. 
How many, as Christ followers, how many times this coming week will we have an opportunity to listen to the voice of the Spirit in our life and make a decision of whether or not we're going to follow that voice? It's, it's daily, hourly, sometimes by the minute, right? Now get up and go into the city and, and you will be told what to do, you must do. Verse 7, the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground. But when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. Everything he thought he knew flew out the window. Are you Lord? Who are you, Lord? And now he can't even see. So this big bear of a man who's been throwing people into jail has been reduced to not... He has to be led by the hand. Very humbling. Very humbling. Number three. Change comes through denying the flesh. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. This is such a cool picture to me of really, really denying the flesh. Like absolutely denying the flesh. When the, there's, there's many things that our flesh cries out for. But at the end of the day or end of a few days, we need food. Food. We need water. We, we need that. I, I'm, I'm doing this deal right now where I'll do a week without bread and a week with bread. And I was with a couple buddies Tuesday and Wednesday. We went out of town, did some fun stuff. And man, everywhere I looked, I wanted to eat bread. Like, and then even, even in this place where they had fixed this meal, the whole thing was surrounded by bread. This big old hoagie rolls of bread. I didn't do it. I did not do it. But I wanted to do it. I wanted to eat, I wanted to eat that bread. Now, I don't, nothing wrong with bread. That's just something that I, I do, right? Because too much bread, whatever. Point is, is, it's amazing when you tell yourself no how much you want to do what you told yourself you couldn't do. Right? Whenever you, whenever you know, and that's our flesh. Whenever you know you shouldn't say something that you really want to say, you want to say it even more. But change comes through denying our flesh. Denying my opinion and looking at what the Word of God has to say about that area of my life. Denying what I want if it's in contradiction to what the Bible says that I need. That's change. That's how we change. It's through the power of the Spirit working through the Word in our lives. It's a change agent. And then through that, we, we have a clear directive from the Word of God in the Scriptures on how we should live. It's very clear. Read it, please, by all means. And through that, we have knowledge that destroys any pretension that would set itself up against that knowledge. So we have the knowledge to make the right decision. And that right decision, many times, is counter to what we want. And so then, Christianity is a blast. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I implore you, you'll have a chance to do that today at the end of the service to accept Jesus as your Savior. If you don't, but, but you, you have to know that if you're not walking with the Lord, you're missing out on an amazing adventure. It's not easy. And some days it's not fun. But it is the greatest journey you can imagine. Because you're, 
you're pressed at every angle to decide, what do I really believe? Do I really believe the Word? Do I really believe the Bible? And if I do, I've got to read the Bible. And if I read the Bible, I get all this influx of knowledge. And once I have the knowledge, and then I have to make a decision, then I'm pressed with, you know what? I know what I should do right now, but I really don't want to do it. Anybody got a toddler in the house right now? Three-year-olds? Three-year-olds, man, they're, they're wicked. Sweet, they're sweet. I have I've had two of them, and they're both still alive. It's okay. I mean, I'm, but, but man, they'll just make up their mind. They don't want to do something. And there's a showdown at the OK Corral, man. I mean, it's just like, I ain't doing it. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I can remember looking at Dylan going, "What? Well, he's three or four years old. Dylan, you what?" You need, why won't you do that? Go pick up your toys. And him turn around and look at me going, because I don't want to. <laughs> Problem is, we grow up. We grow up and we become adults. Some of us think we're really important. And the Lord says, you know what, Jason? You don't, you'll need to be doing that. Or you need to do this. Jason, why won't you quit doing that? Because I don't want to. And nobody can tell me I have to. Because now I'm an adult. And God's going, oh boy. This is going to hurt. <laughs> God says, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. That's where that line came from. You know that, right? <laughs> Think about this. Denying the flesh. Denying the flesh. That's how change comes. And so if you have an area of your life that you know that God's asking you to, to change and, and, and work in, I, I dare you. Last, last week we talked about getting determined. Get a plan for that change in the sense of, okay, I'm going to tell myself no at least once tomorrow in that area of my life. I'm going to deny the flesh at least once Tomorrow. And then maybe Tuesday, twice. And then maybe Wednesday, three times. But that only comes through listening to the voice of the Spirit in your life. And the, listening to the voice of the Spirit is so much easier if you're reading your Bible. If you're reading your Bible and you're praying, and, and that knowledge that you put in, the Holy Spirit pulls that back out and says, Hey, Jason, you just read that the other day. You just, you just read that you weren't supposed to gossip about someone. Yeah, but I really want somebody else to know how bad they are. Well, you go right ahead. Number four. Change gains momentum through prayer. Acts 9, 10, and 11. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying. Now, two sides of this prayer thing. Go back to the point. Two, two, two sides to this prayer coin. You got Saul who professed that Jesus was uh, an imposter. And so he's having people thrown in prison. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up and confronts him. Now, guess what Saul's doing? Praying. <laughs> Can't see, can't eat, hadn't had anything to drink. I'm, my flesh, I mean, I'm wasting away. 
I, I had to be led by the hand here, and now I'm at rock bottom. I am, I am like nowhere near where I thought I would be at this point. This is what Saul's thinking. And so what's he do? He's praying. And isn't that how we are sometimes? We don't ever think to talk to God until we really need God to do something amazing in our life. And that's why God sometimes will allow us to, to hit rock bottom because He loves us so much. He'll allow us to get all the way down in that pit of life where we can't, there's nothing to look down at and the only place we can look is up. And we cry out to God, God, I don't know what, I don't know what else to do. So there's prayer going on there. And then you go to this, Ananias is obviously praying because the Lord comes to him in a vision. So you got one guy praying out of desperation. You got another guy praying out of probably just a discipline that he has in his life. Here's a thought. What change needs to happen in someone's life that you know that you might be the conduit for? Because here's Ananias. Ananias is sitting there. He's hanging out with the Lord. And, all, and oh, I love this. I, love, I, I, I wish I could get this in my own life. I'm going to substitute my name for Ananias. Are you ready? In Damascus, in Melbourne Beach, there was a disciple named Jason. The Lord called to him in a vision, Jason. Yes, Lord? He answered. Oh, if I could hear the Lord clearly like that when I needed to. But you know why I can't and why we can't is because we're so busy, we're so vexed with things that we've been taught, religious things, this and that and the other. Jason, do you really believe God still speaks to us? Absolutely. Nothing weird about it. Do you, do you still believe the Lord can tell you, how, you know, what to do in a situation positively? I've told you before, I get really tickled because people think that pastors have the bat phone <laughs> in their office, right? It's the, you know, the, and you pick it up, God, this person's driving me crazy. What should I do? Kill them. Okay. <laughs> I'm no different than you. But I, I tell you what, I press on thinking that, that the more that I can hear from the Lord in my daily life and every day as a parent, as a husband, as a pastor, the better off the people around me are going to be. It's just, it's just a fact. Yes, Lord, he answered. Verse 11, the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Change comes through prayer. When you really focus in on your, the Word of God and prayer in your life, see, because... Some of us in this room might be struggling with addiction. Let's just use that for an example. And you really want to change that area of your life. Every minute that you're praying is a minute you're not getting high. Every minute that you're praying is a minute you're not getting drunk. Every minute that you're praying is a minute you're not online looking at pornography. Right? It's not, it's not complicated. Change comes through prayer. You, you think about wanting God to change our hearts and, and, and to move. You've got to pray about it. And if you don't feel like praying, talk to God about it. Right? That's what we say around here. Because before you know it, you're going to be, that's, what, that's all praying is, just talking to God. Father, help me in this area. I really, I need change in this area of my life. 
Maybe you struggle with bitterness or hatred. And you really want to let that go. You really, like, somebody's done you so wrong. Maybe you were in a marriage where you were just done wrong and you still can't figure out why it turned out the way it did. But you need change in your heart. You need to let that bitterness go. You need to let that hatred go. Pray about it. Change comes through prayer. Just pray about it. Talk to God about it. Let Him, let him take the salve of the Holy Spirit and rub over that wound in your heart and rub it and rub it and rub it until it's no longer there and you wake up one day and you think to yourself, man, I haven't been this happy in years because God, you just took that hatred and bitterness from me. It doesn't come without prayer. Last thing. Change comes through being obedient. We'll read the, the rest of the story right here all the way up to the first part of Acts 19. 12 through 19. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. So this is the Lord talking to Ananias. Now watch this. Obedience. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the people harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. So here we got this good old boy, Ananias. And he's at home praying. And the Lord comes to him in a vision. And Ananias has been checking his email. And in his email, he's been seeing that, that Saul had gotten letters from the chief priests, from the most religious people there were at that time. And now, Lord, wait a minute. You're asking me to go to see him? Because I heard he was looking for me. Verse 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. I, I love. So many times in the Bible when God asks men or women of God to do something and they come back with an excuse, he doesn't even address this excuse. It, it's immediately. Go. Like, why are you even arguing with me? Just go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared... Now check this out. Brother Saul. I mean... It takes, it takes some guts to walk up into the house where you know the guy who was trying to throw you in jail is at. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Two guys praying. You got one, one guy listening, and then you got one that's going to be obedient. I ask this question again. How many people in your life that God's connected you with could change if you were obedient to the voice of the Spirit in your life? Jesus is the Spirit. Has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength beautiful story of change but there's so much in there I mean, we don't even have time today you think about all the dynamics of what's going on in Saul's life and turns in you know Paul and then Ananias trying to be obedient and then you got 
You got just so much religion that gets woven in there, and he's trying to convict the Christians, and there's so much going on. Here's the main thing that went on was change. Jesus confronted Saul, changed his name to Paul, name change. And here we have this man who was throwing Christians in jail that now writes almost two-thirds of the New Testament. Destiny is born. Destiny. So God's looking down at him. Jesus is like, you know what? I've had enough of this twerk. I'm going to go down here and take care, take care of this guy. And, and, and Jesus is seeing Paul, not from where he was at, but from what he was going to do. He's my chosen instrument. Jesus told Ananias, he's my chosen instrument to share the gospel with the Gentiles. You know who the Gentiles are, don't you? Us. <laughs> right? We're grafted in. We've been grafted into the family of God because, because Ananias was obedient and because Saul had a name change. Went away, began to study. And then came back, started planting churches, writing letters, planting churches, writing letters, getting in prison, getting beaten. Because the, Jesus said, I'm going to show him how much he's going to have to suffer for my name. Can you imagine what Paul's back looked like? See, we, we love this fluffy Christianity, right? And whenever there's this, uh, some, some form of teaching going around that if, if anything bad happens in your life, that you're a bad person. <laughs> I think the disciples were pretty good people. They all got murdered. Rain and I, we were joking not too long ago. I'm like, hey, let's write a book. She needs to write a book. I can barely read, so I'm good. <laughs> Called The Disciples Died. <laughs> we were joking around like that's not gonna that's not gonna sell a lot of copies. Now, and we wrote a book called The Disciples Got Rich. That would, that would sell a lot of books. See, we, don't, we like this fluffy stuff, right? But when, the, when, when you get down to the nitty-gritty of Christianity, it's hard. It's, it's working out our salvation with fear and trembling. It, it's being obedient. Now, watch this. So here you have Ananias that's obedient to the voice of God. You've got scales falling off of Paul's eyes. And you've got Jesus saying, you're going to be my instrument to the Gentiles. Look at that. And look what came out of that. Man, two-thirds of the New Testament. It's amazing. So, if you're here today and you're a little discouraged about an area of your life that you've tried to change, but it just really hasn't happened yet, read the story again this week. And no, Jesus was the change agent, the X factor in the story. Maybe you're here today and you've got spiritual scales on your spiritual eyes. You're blinded to the fact, or you've been blinded to the fact that you, you need to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you're blinded to the fact that you, you, you need to be forgiven. The Bible says the only way to spend eternity with God in heaven is through a relationship with Jesus Christ putting our faith in Jesus as the Messiah, as the true Son of God. And, and when we do that, the scales of our heart, of our spirit, fall off. Just like Alpha Paul, he was blinded, and then 
something like scales fell off of his eyes. And I relate that moment in my own life to salvation. Because I was saved as a child. I believe that with all my heart. And then got way out in the world. But when I rededicated my heart to the Lord, I, I just viewed life differently. The sky was bluer. The water was wetter. The grass was greener. It, it, something happens in your heart, man. The love of God floods your heart. And at that moment, I can only imagine what it must have been like for Paul to see things in a new light. No food, no water. Couldn't see for three days. Praying. And all of a sudden, those scales fall right off. I don't know what Ananias looked like. I don't know what Paul looked like. I can't wait to meet him. I can't wait to meet Ananias. Dude, dude you, got, you got gumption. Thank you. Thank you that you did what God asked you to do. I wonder, I wonder what it was like when Paul looked at Ananias for the first time. I wonder what it was like. Paul looked around that house like, where in the world am I at? I don't know where I'm at, but I sure feel good. Filled with the Spirit, baptized, new life. New life. That's what Jesus did for us when he came to this earth. That's what Jesus did for us by dying on the cross. And today, if you're in this room right now and you need new life and you need a change in your heart, Jesus was obedient all the way to the point where they nailed him to a cross. And that obedience paved the way for you and I to spend eternity with God in heaven. That's true. That's change. That's real change. Will you bow your head all over this place? Say, Jason, that's me. That's me. And, and at this very moment, I'm realizing that I need a spiritual change in my life. I, I realize that I need that. Jason, how does that happen? Well, it, it happens through you taking your faith and putting it in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And God takes over at that point. The Bible says you're made into a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, and you start your journey. If that's you, you say, man, that's me. I need newness. I need that. Will you just slip your hand up really quick and put it right back down? Right, I see your hand. Anyone else? Just slip it up quick and put it right back down. We want to pray with you. Get you a Bible, get you a devotion. raised your hand right there where you're sitting. Nothing magical about this prayer, but would you just in your heart maybe you're here today, before we pray, maybe you're here today and you know you know the Lord but you, you've been away from the Lord and, and you're, you want to come running back and you need some change in your life you, you just pray with me also Father, thank you for loving me thank you for chasing me and thank you God that I'm even in this chair today and right now, I'm confessing in my heart that I believe with all my heart Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I believe that Jesus, that Jesus Christ took my death and sin to the cross, that they placed him in a grave. He rose from that grave on the third day. He's coming back for me one day. And right now, God, I'm asking you to change me spiritually. Let the scales fall off. God, I've, I've been distant from you but I'm coming home. And I thank you for the power to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Hey, change. I dare you to change one area of your life this week. I love you.